everyone and welcome to the Librarians in Lockdown Christmas Special. I've gathered together a few former Librarians with Lives guests for a socially distanced catch-up to find out how they're doing and to hopefully spread a little bit of festive cheer. Before we start, I want to do an appeal for the charity Evidence Aid. Since March 2020, Evidence Aid has been producing free-to-view plain English summaries of systematic reviews on COVID-19 and related health topics to highlight the latest scientific findings on the pandemic. Their summaries are being translated into several languages, including Arabic, Chinese, French, Portuguese and Spanish. 400,000 people worldwide have accessed the Evidence Aid website in the last nine months. Evidence Aid relies on 70 volunteers based in 20 countries worldwide and has just two part-time salaried staff. I worked with them closely on their COVID-19 portal for seven months this year, and I know firsthand the quality and care that goes into every single summary they produce. Evidence Aid badly needs financial support so that they can continue their fantastic work in 2021. I completely understand that it's incredibly tough for us all right now, and particularly financially, but if you happen to have a couple of pounds to spare, I know that Evidence Aid would really appreciate any contribution that you can make. To find out more, visit their website, evidenceaid.org, and hit the donate button. You can also follow them on Twitter, at EvidenceAid. This episode was recorded on Tuesday the 1st of December 2020, at the end of the second lockdown in England. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Librarians in Lockdown Christmas Special. I've gathered together a few former Librarians with Lives guests for a socially distanced catch-up, to find out how they're doing, and to hopefully spread a little bit of festive cheer. Before we start, I want to do an appeal for the charity Evidence Aid. Since March 2020, Evidence Aid has been producing free-to-view plain English summaries of systematic reviews on COVID-19 and related health topics to highlight the latest scientific findings on the pandemic. Their summaries are being translated into several languages, including Arabic, Chinese, French, Portuguese and Spanish. 400,000 people worldwide have accessed the Evidence Aid website in the last nine months. Evidence Aid relies on 70 volunteers based in 20 countries worldwide and has just two part-time salaried staff. I worked with them closely on their COVID-19 portal for seven months this year and I know firsthand the quality and care that goes into every single summary they produce. Evidence Aid badly needs financial support so that they can continue their fantastic work in 2021. I completely understand that it's incredibly tough for us all right now and particularly financially but if you happen to have a couple of pounds to spare I know that Evidence Aid would really appreciate any contribution that you can make. To find out more Visit their website, evidenceaid.org, and hit the donate button. You can also follow them on Twitter, at EvidenceAid. This episode was recorded on Tuesday the 1st of December 2020, at the end of the second lockdown in England. So I've got some of my wonderful Librarians with Lives alumni with me this evening. So I have Mike Jones. Hello. I have Andrew Oakes. Hello. I have Laura Woods. Hello. And I have Claire McCluskey-Dean. Hello. We are a small but perfectly formed band here to uh, talk to you about being librarians in lockdown and to chat about what we've been up to this year, how we found it, what we're looking forward to Christmas-wise, and we'll probably do some TV and radio and podcast recommendations as well, and books and that kind of thing. So I'm really excited to be able to do this because um, I, I now work at home all the time, like you guys probably do a fair bit as well, and uh, I miss talking to people that are not my family because as much as I love them, I need to talk to other people as well. So I should, I'm going to go around the virtual room, as it were, and ask you all uh, what you've been up to since you were last on Librarians with Lives and how things are with you at the moment. So I'm going to go with Andrew first. So, so how are you doing and what have you been up to since you were on Librarians with Lives, which was 
your episode was 2017. You were one of the first ones I did. So how are things with you? Good. Three years ago is a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in the library world, especially. Um, I've got a new job Yay. since then. So in 2017, I was a law librarian, uh, a law firm in Leeds. And then in March 2019, I switched jobs. And now I'm uh, knowledge and evidence lead with the Department of Health and Social Care, still in Leeds. Um, but obviously switching from uh, legal to uh, government slash health, which is, um, yeah, it's been a big switch, but it was it was the right time to go, really. I've been, been a law librarian for seven years, um, and I've sort of, I couldn't, I couldn't get anything more out of it, really. So, um, yeah, made the leap. I, actually, it all happened really, really quickly, because in the, I suppose, in the north in general, library jobs are a little bit rarer. Um, and I, I thought, mm, maybe I'll look around, look at what's out there. In, that was in November 2018. Mm-hmm. And then um, as soon as I looked, two jobs in Leeds popped up, both ideal, applied for both, got this one in January and then started in March. So it's been really, really quick. But um, yeah, it was absolutely the right thing to do. And um, yeah, really enjoying it. Brilliant. I'm really pleased to hear that. And I uh, saw your photos um, that you put on, I think, Twitter and there was someone on Instagram last week of um, you with actual proper books. Yes, which is really rare. Yeah, so it's quite weird, our library, in that we do have a physical library. Um, The Department of Health is split between Leeds and London, office-wise, although obviously we're all spread about at the moment. Um, But our physical library is in Leeds, and a lot of it's stored in archives. So we we have a small library, and we don't don't use it very much, really. A lot of our stuff is electronic. So um, it was a rare occasion of me, A, going into the office, and B, having a rummage around our old chief medical officer reports and our old circulars and uh really dusty but um i don't get to work with old books enough really so yeah it was it was good yeah really we have the original poor law text which dates back to the 1800s yeah wow. which are amazing. yeah i quite like living in both worlds actually because it's, it's nice having a foot in the actual tangible book world and then also the online world so you can kind of bridge both and get the best out of both worlds and i think they're still both relevant in in different ways in my work anyway obviously like me you work in health now so how has this year been for you work-wise c-word i mean covid wise <laughs> not christmas no we'll get to christmas but we'll do we'll do covid first so um how has that has that changed your your working life this year well well i've been at the coalface basically the department of health in a pandemic is yeah it's been super interesting so our um library team are sort of embedded within um a broader team which involves a lot of analysts so we've seen a lot of the work that they do in terms of analytics around COVID, and that's that's encompassed everything, sort of demographic work and obviously death rates and, and all all populations and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for us, it's just made us very um, proactive. Um, and you'll know from your work that mm-hmm. as soon as the pandemic started to hit, actually, probably before we went into lockdown, um, lots of uh, library materials suddenly became free um so things that we would expensive resources that we would never have access to usually like the lancet for example uh, were making all of their academic research free because obviously it's a global problem and the whole point was to solve it basically um so we ended up having to coordinate a lot of those resources and make sure that um we advertised them and got them to the people that needed them really so that's been really interesting. But as, as alongside that, we also had other projects running at the same time that were in full 
flow and sort of coincided quite nicely with it. So um, we had a whole thing about our internet page relaunching that, that, that tied in quite nicely. And then we also had the other thing, one of the projects that I've been running for the past 18 months is um, we're responsible for the archiving of the department publications. Mm -hmm. um, and we switched quite quickly to, we've got a bit of a backlog on that. So we switched quite quickly to making cataloging COVID-19 stuff for priority so that we've got it for the future really. So yeah, interesting from many points of view, just to see, yeah, and also from a civil service point of view as well, because the Department of Health had to mobilise super quickly, and we've taken on yeah. loads of staff from all kinds of places, all the government departments, so Ofsted, Department of Education, all around the civil service, and had to sort of um, train them very quickly, so our rank 12, um, so it's also been about supporting new staff as well. Yeah, it has been an, uh, an interesting time for you and I both to move into health. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. When yeah. I when I got my when I started in March nineteen, I started the week of what was meant to be Brexit. That was the week it was meant to happen yeah. and obviously that would push back. So I've had to live through Brexit an election and now COVID all within the first eighteen months of starting a health related job. So um yeah. Thank very interesting. How are you, Claire? Because you were last on for our librarians in lockdown special when we did had lockdown one in in england which was uh we did an episode in april this year so how have you been since your episode claire i've been okay i've seen a lot of the inside of this attic study that i'm sat in right now yeah because i'm one of those people who has not been back to the building in which i work at all um in any way shape or form so everything um work-wise i've done since lockdown has happened from these four walls right here, which is beginning to resemble the mess of my desk at work now as well. <laughs> um, just to make me feel at home. Yeah. Work environment, yes. We said in April that I'd just got through my doctorate, um, and I think I knew at the time, but I wasn't allowed to say it, that um, it won an award. Yay! quite something um so that's all been done virtually as well <laughs> um, although i'm told i'll be invited to next lilac conference and and actually see people and receive Good. my perspects then so that was lovely on a professional note but apart from that really it's just been a lot of stressful work <laughs> is what it's been <laughs> because i think i didn't fully appreciate in april just how long term taking on the stress of all of our students and staff it would be yeah i feel like i've been a sponge for stress since the minute of lockdown yeah. um not anybody's fault who um have been asking me to do things but just trying to allay that panic of no you will still get your degree no we still keep can keep teaching your courses um, no, things are a bit different, but we can sort this out for you um, that you begin every single interaction with now. So it's it's certainly been a different um, kind of stress to deal with as we've gone through the summer and into an autumn term, like nothing I've ever experienced before in nearly 20 years of working in academic libraries. That's that has to be said. But... I think I've dealt with a workload that I would never have done had I been in the office because something I've also realised is, I don't know how many people know, I have a chronic stomach condition and I feel more healthy than I've done in decades. Wow. Because 
I'm not having to deal with all of the physical symptoms of it in a mm -hmm. public place. Yeah. Even yeah. with understanding people. There's me and my husband in this house and I can sit with a hot water bottle on my stomach all day if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, and I can take half an hour out and have a nap if I need to. And I have not felt this healthy in a long, long time. So um, I think there's some hard thinking for me to do as we ever return back to something like it used to be of what my priorities are from now on in because I don't think working in a big open plan office is frankly my future so that's what's been happening to me so a mixture of good stuff and not so good stuff and realizations I think yes I would sum that up as so Laura how about you how you were last on um we did a two-part interview because we were both very <laughs> chatty in 2017 so how have you been what have you been up to since then and how has this year been for you so since 2017 I mean I should say I, I actually look back to try and remind myself of when I was on and also to try and remember what I actually said and I genuinely <laughs> do not remember a single thing that I said <laughs> I obviously said a lot of it but um I have no literally no idea what I talked about you were so very engaging and interesting and that's why there were two parts to your interview <laughs> I mean that, you know that's what you need to remember I did consider, should I listen back to this? But I, I just can't bear listening to myself, so I decided against that. So, yes, yeah, so when I spoke to you last in 2017, I was, I'd been in post as a subject librarian at the University of Huddersfield for three years. And I've now been there for six years in the same role, which is three times as long as I've ever been in any other job in my life. It feels quite strange to have been in one place for such a long time. And it's funny, actually, thinking back to when I when I was last on the podcast, when I'd been in that role for three years, and I still very much felt like I was quite new to it. Um, I think because I'd never worked in academic libraries before, so everything about it felt very new and very different, and still three years in, like it was a really steep learning curve. And now I sort of realised that you know, back three years ago when I was constantly asking other people who'd been there longer, you know, how certain things worked and who the best person to talk to was about certain things and what the best approach to take was. People now come to me with questions like that. And we've had a couple of new starters this year and I've suddenly realised, oh, I actually know quite a lot about this. Mm. Um, and that's a very strange feeling because I don't think I've ever been in a job long enough to to get that sort of old-timer status before <laughs> so that's quite fun in a lot of yeah. ways library jobs change all the time don't they so I don't think I'm doing the same thing as I was three years ago because you know services change and develop and grow I'm certainly doing more teaching than I was back then and one of the my, my main achievements over the last few years since we last spoke is I've um, completed a teaching qualification uh, so I, I did a PGCHE um, excellent well done you know, I absolutely loved, um, loved it so much, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it's made a massive, massive difference to sort of my, my working life and my, my working practice as an academic librarian. Uh, so that's been great. This year has been odd, but, you know, yeah. it has been a while. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's, you know, understatement. It's been a, been a funny old time. There's been kind of, there's been some things that, I've weirdly quite enjoyed um like I actually do quite enjoy working from home I find I I get a lot more done yeah and I'm a lot more productive working from home than I ever would be in the office 
and it's just nice being at home and you know being able to take a break when I need one and sit and cuddle my cat when he need to (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time I've also learned about myself that I'm not as solitary a person as I thought I was I am an introverted person by nature I I always have been and I've, I've never been someone who really sought out other people's company but after sort of a couple of months of lockdown, I suddenly realised how desperate I was just to see another person. Yeah. Than, you know, my cat or my partner, as wonderful <laughs> as both are, yeah. a great company, but I just needed other people around. And that's the main thing that I miss about working from the library is just seeing different people all the time. We did have a little bit earlier this term, we had a space of about six weeks where my team were all kind of roted on to do a day from the office each. So I was in the office with two other people one day a week, which was wonderful. Um, And I think the first day I went back in to do that, I actually, I got quite emotional and I I was actually quite choked up when I saw some of my colleagues again, you know, the whole team just seeing a couple of other people and like, you're real and you're actually here and you're (laughs) just on a screen and I got special at that but since since um the the second lockdown was announced they uh between that and the fact that there there wasn't actually very much demand for our in-person inquiry services um the decision was made to to send us all back to working from home uh so I'm now now back working from home again until probably at least Easter we've been told wow which is difficult to cope with um that was that was quite a blow um but, you know, I like you said at the start, Joe, I, I feel really fortunate to, to be in the kind of privileged position that I am where I still have a job and I have a job that I can do from home. And, I you know, I have a roof over my head and I, I don't live alone. I have, you know, my partner that I live with and I I'm trying to remind myself of the, the level of privilege that I have here. But, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't difficult, but it's difficult for everyone, isn't it? As much, and I think you're absolutely right about the, the we are very privileged, but equally, we are allowed to wobble as well. Mm. And we're allowed to have our bad days and the days where you look at the news and you feel quite sad. And yeah. I think it's perfectly valid to, to feel sad, as well as acknowledging all of our, our privilege as well. I think we're allowed, we, get, we, we need to kind of give ourselves space to just have those moments and go, no, we're allowed, it is an unprecedented thing that we're living through and we don't have any coping mechanisms for this, so we are allowed to wobble. Yeah. Mike, you are probably, apart from me, the person that's been on the podcast the most. So you were last on for the Librarians in Lockdown 1 special back at Easter. So how have things been for you in the last few months? Um, so they, they've been OK. Um, so I am back at work uh, alternate days. So we're, we're now, we're in, we're, we're, the team has been split into two bubbles. Um, and so I'm, we're on like a two-week rotor. So this week I'm in the building Tuesday and Thursday working from home. Wednesday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then obviously next week will, will be the opposite. So that, that's been interesting. Um, and it's almost felt like I, I now have two jobs because the days when I'm in the building are very much focused on on the building and the students and you know and, and the rest of our team and, and working together and getting building stuff done. And then the days when I'm at home is obviously then you know, sitting down doing doing my emails, you know going through and, and doing all of the, the the online kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's settled down a bit now, but certainly to begin with, at the start of term, I literally wasn't even firing up a computer on the days when I was in the building, didn't get to look at my emails. Um, it was it was really kind of full on. So that was yeah, really like two completely separate jobs. Um, so it was quite a 
quite an odd experience. But it is, uh, I think, like Laura was saying, it's it's nice being being at work and being around people. And you know, and I do feel that you know the uni have have done everything they can to make the environment as as safe as possible. And we've got you know very strict protocols in in place for the for the ways that that we're working and the ways that they split the team in terms of the bubbles means that, you know, we're all nicely spaced in terms of our, our offices and our, our work environment. So, um, and, and then we've had the weird thing as well. We also opened a second library site. Um, so as well as having the team split in two, we then have each half of the team then split between, between two different libraries. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a, a rather challenging semester for us, but, um, but but one that we're, we're kind of through the worst of it now, um, hopefully, and, uh, and and things are starting to settle and we're getting into our, our kind of routines with it all, I think. So how are you finding the balancing of the working at home and then being in, in the building? Um, I, I think you've kind of got used to it now. So, you know, I, I now know which tasks I, I, you know, are easier for me to do at home, which tasks are easier for me to do uh, in the building. And so it's just it's just a, yeah, being a bit organized with it all and going, okay, when, you know, when I'm in the building on this, and, and also knowing which building I'm going to be in, which of the two libraries I'm going to be in. And so that, that makes a difference in terms of what work I can do um, as well. And things like, you know, if I know, uh, if, I, if a student contacts me and asks me for a one-to-one, which we've been doing via Teams, I try to organize those on days when I'm, I'm at home because, you know, I'm not going to be interrupted, whereas at work I, I still might be uh, interrupted. So it's just, yeah, it's just added another layer of, of, of planning and, and filling up things on, on my calendar in terms of working out what to do, where and when. We've, 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 uh, we've, we've all adapted, I, I think, in a, and yeah, it took a while. But certainly the, the, the start of term was, was stressful and, um, and, and everything was all a bit kind of all over the place. But, but as we kind of, yeah, we powered through and got on top of things and, and got into a, into a new kind of pattern of, of working, new ways of working, and and things things seem to be you know, as I'm touching all of the wood which is in <laughs> in, in reach of me, yeah. um, seem to be going a lot lot kind of smoother now, and and things are, are working more how they should be. <laughs> Excellent, I, I'm pleased to hear that. So a little bit on on my own experience so far um i changed jobs in 2019 in, in october 2019 i moved to public health england to become the knowledge and evidence specialist for health improvement and that was an 18 month contract uh, so i got five months into my job and then uh, one day we were all in the office and then the next day we were all at home um in march that's how quickly it, it changed i actually went back um in august because they told us we had to clear out our lockers because the whole building, or certainly the bit I worked in, has been taken over by the, the COVID response team. Uh, so I have to go and do that. Um, I won't be going back to the office again. Um, I think I can say now I have got a new job. I will be starting in January, still with Public Health England, but I'm going to be working um, as part of a new uh, department, uh, COVID, doing COVID local surveillance work. So still being a knowledge and evidence specialist but as part of a uh, working with the local uh, health system and working in London. So I'm going to be starting that in January and, and that's a year contract and uh, we'll see what happens after that. And I spent seven months of the year, so between March and October this year, uh, doing a part-time secondment with a charity called Evidence Aid, uh, who do summaries of systematic reviews and they had a coronavirus collection that I worked with them on. 
which was an amazing thing to work on, uh, working with volunteers from all over the world, speaking a variety of languages and what they produced with no money and all volunteers pretty much was, was phenomenal. And that's, that work is still continuing, but PhD needed me back full time. So I stopped doing that in October. So it's been an interesting time. I will be working at home for the foreseeable. I don't have an office to go back to. I don't quite quite know what will happen with the new role in terms of whether there will be an office space to, to go to at any point. I suspect not. Um, so I'll be at home for quite a while. And I think like Laura was saying, um, I realised I'm actually quite an extrovert. I always thought I'd be kind of fine working at home all the time. And obviously I've got my family here. Again, it's kind of recognising that I'm very privileged and very lucky, but also really missing things. So missing hugging people that aren't my immediate family and seeing my parents and my friends and I do have a little bit of a I miss my grown-up life my going into London and dressing up and going into an office and and it all all sounds really shallow but when you don't have it you miss it so I've had to wrestle a little bit with my identity around that as well because I'm now someone that can get away with wearing leggings and pyjamas pretty much all the time and I have a wardrobe of very nice clothes that I no longer need or or wear and I know it sounds really shallow but I do miss that bit of my life so that's a a kind of a sadness but in all of that I realized that I'm I'm very lucky so so let's go to to more cheerful things and let's talk Christmas so how is everyone feeling about Christmas this year are you are you having a quiet one are you going for it how are you all feeling about it um, well, it'll be quiet in the sense of that there'll only be the two of us here, but we are getting supplies in for two weeks of a hell of a hibernation. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I <I'm laughs> <actually, laughs> Great. I'm, I'm already baking a lot of cakes, but I'm going to bake everything I possibly can. Um, there'll be cakes and puddings and pies and biscuits, and we'll eat massive amounts. Um, and we're getting deliveries of all sorts to make cocktails, so... <laughs> It will be the two of us, but it's going to be a party for two weeks. So Brilliant. There we go. It sounds amazing. And you, you've got that, you've got two weeks off. I've got two weeks off at Christmas. Have you got the same? You've yes. I'm taking, we always close over Christmas, between Christmas and New Year at work anyway, but I've got so much leave owing because I didn't take any uh, this year that, yeah, I'm taking a full two and a bit weeks off. So that will be marvellous, as is Jane's. Excellent. Oh, that'd be lovely. You can have um, really good, solid time together without either of you working or... Yes. Yeah, brilliant. That sounds really good. We are having family come on Christmas Day because we're, we're in a bubble with my parents anyway because they, they do childcare for us. They pick up Aria from school. So so they're coming to join us for Christmas Day. And so we're, we're going all out on, on the house, decorating everything that, that we can. And cause especially because you know, Aria's... Um, five now she was five two days ago oh, wow. uh, so um so so like she's properly in that age where everything is is magical and wonderful and christmas is amazing um and, and stuff like that and you know she's in her she's in reception now so she's doing a nativity at school so we we are full on all christmas i mean as as you said you saw the, the picture i put on on twitter earlier <laughs> of, of me getting ready for this i'm sat next to our christmas tree decked out in my christmas jumper and my christmas glasses and yeah we are ready to go <laughs> full on christmas for the next month excellent i'm so pleased about that so how does the nativity work do you, are you able to go in or is it going to be on zoom or they're going to record it and then and then put it up on on youtube for us all to watch which i think is quite a nice thing because you know 
Although, in one way, I think it's quite a nice thing because it's less pressure on the kids to, to perform live. But then also, you're not, they, they may edit it out and you might not get those wonderful moments where the kids kind of go off the piece. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to see what it will I think, I think they're recording it tomorrow and then we get to watch it next Wednesday. And, it, and it, obviously she'll still believe as well. Yes, oh, 100%. So we, we, we did that her ALF arrived today through the magical door that also appeared in her bedroom last <laughs> night. And so we, we had to sit and chat with the ALF before bed um, and make sure she takes takes good messages back to Father Christmas. So it's, it's great as well. Although she did, she was like, she, she was inspecting the door tonight and she was like, there's a gap behind the door. I don't think it's real. And I was like, oh, she's, she's getting too smart. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's magical. It's like, so we, we said, you know, like in platform nine and three quarters, how the wizards can go through, but the muggles can't. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. it's just like that. You know, so Gertrude, which is the name of her elf, Gertrude can go through, but, but you can't see the magic. And she's like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, she's still buying that at this point. Cause I do get more suspicious. Yeah. In a year or so, you'll be like, well, how does that work then? You have to kind of go into the mechanics a bit more. So, but it sounds like you've got your answers sorted. So that's oh, if, good. If there's one thing I can do, it's, it's make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Laura, what are you doing for Christmas? Well, it's going to be a fairly quiet Christmas. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to get to see any of my side of the family. Uh, I'm not going to get to see any of the woodsies uh, over Christmas, which I'm a little bit sad yeah. about. Um, but we've decided we're going to make up for it and, and then some in 2021. Yeah. You know, that such things are allowed, then we are going to have the most extravagant Christmas possible next year. Um, but yeah, just we're all a bit scattered all over the country. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm in Yorkshire. I, my dad and my brother are in Wiltshire. I've got one sister in London and my twin sister's in Birmingham. And we're all over the place. Everybody's got kids and families and extended families. And we just, we tried like logistically to work out a plan and we just couldn't make it work. So um, yeah, realistically, it's not going to happen. But I will get to see Chris's family because most of them live quite close by. So we'll be having a a fairly small family Christmas. We'll probably just be at home, me and Chris on Christmas Day. um, And we'll pop round for a sort of socially distanced um morning visit uh with his uh his sister and nephew um we'll do that on the day um and we're just going to keep it fairly low-key we've been sort of tentatively discussing having a disgustingly healthy christmas day and going out for a walk actually on christmas day so going out and like packing like a bit of a christmas picnic in a rucksack oh nice and going um if the weather's not completely awful maybe going up onto the moor tops if it's absolutely horrendous maybe not going quite that far but um but just having like a a nice day out in what will hopefully be a nice crisp winter day with fingers crossed if uh if the weather's kind to us and just what i kind of don't want to do is try and like recreate the sort of big family christmas i would normally have but just with me chris and the cat because i think that would make me sadder yeah <laughs> yeah i can do so, that yeah. so i think we're going to try and do just do something a bit different with it that's kind of that's ours and is a different day for us um and just do it that way so sure see how that goes uh if it com- comes to Christmas Day and it's blowing an absolute blizzard, then it's probably <laughs> going to be, uh, no, absolutely not. Let's crack open the Baileys at 10 o'clock in the morning and just get absolutely smash all day. But um, we shall see. We'll see which way it goes. It'll be one or the other. But either way sounds very fun. Just in absolutely. different ways. Yeah. <laughs> 
so what about you andrew what are you doing for christmas it's small as well really and um, we we usually spend christmas day on our own um well just the two of us um and we'll be doing that anyway because we're not going anywhere but we usually do our Chris, uh, our family visits between christmas and new year and that's all off so um that's a bit sad and i haven't seen apart from james i've not seen my family for all year i haven't seen this since last christmas so that is quite sad and also the james does uh, his side job is that one of the theaters in leeds and uh obviously theaters were all shut so he was expecting to to do some work and then find out we're in tier three and then that's not happening so it's a little bit bad really but um yeah we'll do our best to make it nice really we're, we're planning to spend quite a lot on food we might bubble with two friends with ours and um maybe see them but yeah it's gonna be low-key um and yeah, I'm a bit sad about it, really, but it's fine. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, I think it sounds like we're all being pretty sensible as well. I, I kind of resolved that I wouldn't... I Actually, I've taken Facebook off my phone anyway, um, but I wouldn't look at Facebook over Christmas because I knew that people would have big gatherings and I would find that really tough because we're not going to... We normally have... My sister comes Christmas Eve and stays over for Christmas Day. My parents come Christmas Day and we're not doing that. Hopefully short-term pain for longer-term health and gain is the way i'm thinking is the way i'm thinking of it so it it does feel sad but then my mum isn't always particularly well and if she gets something she gets it incredibly badly so i wouldn't want to be i it's probably not going to be me as i'm at home all the time but i am glenn's going out to work because he's a train driver and those pesky vectors that go to school and mix with children um are probably bringing all sorts home they don't realize so i don't think i'd want to expose her particularly and also my dad so uh that's kind of the view we've taken on it yeah i miss hugging them we're all doing what we can i think to to get through it and, but it's it's not the same but it will be it'll be okay i think i think is the best way to put it so that's a really good way of putting it <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm kind of trying not to be really down about it but it will be okay <laughs> but it's not it's not what we want but it's it's the best we can do i think it's the best and way think, to think about it i think what you're right joe in that you're it's just not worth the risk, is it, to, to yeah. you know, go and see people. And I think I think it'd be a bit different if, um, I mean, I said this all the way through lockdown, if, if you would, if everyone else was having loads of fun and going to parties and the theatre yeah. and the cinema, and then you were stuck at home. But actually, we're all suffering the same way, aren't we? So it's it, not as bad as it could be, I think. And yeah, you've just got to make the better, haven't you? So what distractions have you all been enjoying? So I'm thinking about podcasts, TV, radio... Anything that's keep, kept you distracted over the last few months and, and been a real kind of source of joy to you? During lockdown one, we decided we got loads of DVDs and we thought we would get through them. So we did 100 films in 100 days, which was quite fun. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yeah, really missing the cinema, I can tell you. And so we carried on doing that, really. And so we got, got through a lot of films and then um, baking. One, one of my New Year's resolutions, actually, was to push my baking skills a bit further little did i know how much time i would have on my hands to actually do that <laughs> so i've been making all kinds of weird and wonderful things which have been really fun Actually, social media has been really good for me because it's been my connection to people and i've been exploring leeds a, a lot and walking to places that i'd never really been and i live in the city center and so sort of photographing you know um graffiti and architecture and sculptures around leads that I've, I've bumped into and some of it I've never seen and then posting them on social media people seem to really like that because especially people that um live sort of outside of Leeds and haven't been able to get into the center it's sort of been their connection to to the city really so I quite enjoyed that aspect of it really a bit bored of it now and I've run out of places in Leeds to go to but um yeah combination of those those three things really 
Yeah, your photos are lovely. I've been enjoying those on Instagram. Um, they're, yeah. they're really, really nice. Well, I didn't know a lot about Leeds, so it's been nice to see your, your photos. And I've been so doing something. Actually, even people that even live in this country have said it's been really nice to, to see them. So, And I'm, I'm a big advocate for my city, so it's been quite nice to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I've, I, I've been doing a little bit of that because I live in South East London. So trying, trying to photograph that, but being aware that I'm probably photographing the same five things over and over again. Um, because I can't go anywhere. Um, but how many times can I photograph the Emirates cable car? How many times can I photograph the National Maritime Museum? Well, you've made me want to go on the Emirates cable car now, so it's worked. Oh, well, that would be one person that uses it then. Yes. <laughs> Nobody does. It's such a white elephant. It's kind of one of those things you should experience. But yeah, so when you can, you should go on it. So it sounds like you've, you've had some really nice distractions. You didn't mention Sophie Ellis-Baxter and her kitchen discos. Oh, yeah, they've been brilliant. Yes. They've been so good. Um, just, I don't know, there's something about them, wasn't there? Just sort of, it, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't know why they, I'm, I'm really glad that they've been picked up by everybody because they were just such a nice little mm. thing to watch every week. And they were daft and, like, her kids were hanging around, like, she's got <laughs> the one flaps and so many of them. Um, <laughs> they were just really nice. And I'm really glad that people talk to them. So, yeah, that's, that's been a distraction for me as well. Yeah, because I know you and I both really like her. And, and it yeah. was just lovely to see her. And she'd be singing away in her kitchen and then just go, D- put that down. Don't hit him. Yeah. <laughs> just parenting in between her singing. It was just great. Oh, you, want to, you want to stop doing that now. This, that will hurt she's if you do that. She stood on the baby ones, which is quite funny. I know. She always wore like really high heels. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I like you, I just... I found that really joyous on a Friday on a Friday night. It's kind of the little things that get you through it. So, like like Andrew, I've been out walking, but in the bits of York that the tourists tend not to go to. Um, so the city centre actually got for me scarily busy because everyone went on holiday um, when we weren't in full lockdown. Yeah. And so the centre of York was incredibly busy, and so walking there did not appeal at all. But um, there's a lot of industrial heritage here that people don't tend to go and look at. Like we've got the old chocolate factories and the railways and all of the housing that grew up around that. And so we've been having walks out of the city towards those areas that you don't usually ever need to or plan to go and visit, um, which has been really interesting, actually, to just explore the city in which I've lived for over 20 years um, and find new bits of it, which has been great. But obviously not so great in the um, winter time, in the dark evenings, no. less healing. Um, and I'm not an early morning person, so that's not going to happen early in the morning. <laughs> um, and you've been doing a lot of baking as well. Huge amounts of baking, not as exotic as some of the stuff Andrew's been doing. No Norwegian <laughs> cakes or biscuits for me, I'm afraid. Old favourites and some new ones, but um, at least a cake a week and various other biscuits and things being aware that there's only the two of us in this house so we've got to eat everything <laughs> yeah you've actually, you actually can't take it to work <laughs> it's a good problem to have i think <laughs> it's, not, it's not the worst maybe, maybe in it's terms exactly. of you know it, i mean james isn't complaining um at all um <laughs> uh, he's very happy indeed at being presented with yet another cake to have with a yet another cup of tea to keep his day more exciting <laughs> Um, that's been something I've yeah I've been seeking out newer recipes and then reverting to old favorites as well when I just want to be 
be somewhere else in my brain and just do something that I'm I'm used to and just calming um, and doesn't need thought. Uh, that's been good. Found I haven't been able to sit and read. I thought I'd sit and read tons of stuff, um, but I haven't. So I joined an online book group so that I was at least sitting down to read a book in the company of others sometimes. We've got a WhatsApp group going on um, and we just text each other updates of where we are up to and then arrange a little online meeting when we're all ready to talk about it so that's been quite nice so what have you been reading for your book group uh at the minute we've gone a bit classic we're reading morris by em forster that was the suggestion of an italian in the group uh, who is into her classic english literature so we thought right then we'll go for that um last one before that was girl woman other the booker prize winning book by Bernadine Evaristo um, which is fabulous Um, yeah before that um, there was a it was a factual book and I think it's called the pink line which was a journalist going around the world and interviewing people about their experiences of being um, LGBTQI plus in various countries around the world so we've, we've had an eclectic mix of things just on based on a vote every month of people put suggestion forward and we read the one that gets the most votes. So it's it's been actually really good to have another outlet um, of different people. I knew them vaguely, but this new collection of people that we've never really sat and had regular interactions with before. Yes, and bless one of the members of the group for taking on the admin and putting up the doodle polls and all of yeah. the stuff that arranges both what we're going to read, keeping a spreadsheet of all suggestions, um, and then arranging the Zoom calls when we all want to, to have a catch-up about it. Um, but of all the, the WhatsApp groups on my phone, this is by far the busiest. Um, yep. I have enough notifications because it's, it's a very busy WhatsApp group. <laughs> so it's been great, actually, because there are a good bunch of people. Um, and there's people from Italy and South Africa as well as around Britain. So um, nice to have a, a reach to people who aren't just, you know, going through it here, but hearing the Italian experience yeah. and the South African experience and realising it's pretty much the same for absolutely everybody. Yeah. So it's not just in this country. <laughs> I did read um, Richard Osman's book, The Thursday Murder Club, which I really love too. Uh, Laura, what have you been up to? Um, well, I've, like several people by the sounds of things, been doing lots of walking. Um, I'm very, very lucky where I live that um, in West Yorkshire, I'm just in an absolutely beautiful part of the world and I can literally leave my front door and within kind of five minutes of walking be in like the middle of the woods. Um, So it's just a really gorgeous place to be walking around. Um, At the start of the first lockdown, because my partner Chris was furloughed, he got into the habit of every day just packing a rucksack and going off um, on his bike and just seeing how far he could get cycling. So he would come back at the end of the day going, oh, I've I've discovered this amazing forest trail or I've discovered this amazing new route. And then, of course, I was working, so I couldn't go with him. um, And I I don't cycle anyway. But he'd basically spend the week on his bike, like scoping out all these new routes. And then at the weekend, we'd go walking together, which was just really quite nice and quite idyllic thing to do. Um, So that it was absolutely lovely at the first lockdown I had a real reading block I kind of kind of like Claire was saying I I really thought I'd get loads of reading done but I found I think because just everything was so strange and I was so stressed out um I kind of couldn't focus on anything um so I decided somebody suggested like if you're struggling to 
actually read anything, try and revisit some old childhood favourites. Mm. So I decided to reread um, the Terry Pratchett Discworld series, which I'm an enormous fan of. Um, I absolutely love Terry Pratchett, and I've got all of them, but I've not read them for years and years and years. Um, so I picked up the first one and I started rereading it, and I just absolutely tore through them. Um, and that really kind of un- unblocked my uh, my reader's block. Um, so that was absolutely brilliant. Um, really, really enjoyed rediscovering all of those because so many of them, especially the early ones, I hadn't read in so long. I'd almost forgotten some of the plots, which um, is really strange because back when I was a teenager, I practically knew all of them by heart. So it was actually really nice to kind of rediscover all of those. Um, and apart from that, just been watching lots of Netflix. Um, by the way, Joe, I think I have you to thank for bringing Shit's Creek into my life. <laughs> oh, Claire, what have you done? <laughs> oh no, this is going to start. We won't get anything else done now because Claire's like, oh, just I'm just going to talk Shit's Creek now. So it, it made me really happy. It was a really nice thing to connect with, and I would literally die for every member of the Rose family. So <laughs> I, I have a terrible confession to make. So I have watched all of it up till. The episode where I know that Telexis break up, and I, I can't, I can't watch it. I, They're close. I know, I know, I, I know. It's been the same since the beginning of August. I tore through it in two months, and then I, I suffered the first series, and then I got into the really good bit, and now I can't bear it. And I, I I've got hit a real block with it. So maybe I need to, a, a support group to watch it with me, virtually, and to get me through it because I just find it really upsetting that they obviously break up for very good reasons and i totally get it but i'm really sad about it and i can't get over it as to you need to complete the journey if only to see the outfit that moira wears in the end episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely i've seen the photos but i, I haven't seen the, the magnificence in, in real life so it is lovely and i really particularly love series four i thought that was particularly good i just felt it they really understood what they were doing and it just felt so warm and, and lovely and all the things i've been told it was that in in season one i really struggled with it and i kept going because i thought lots of people i really like like this so there must be something and then i got it and then i i, I loved it but um i think claire and i would were um saying about the author marion keys who's discovered shit's creek quite recently and has <laughs> been tweeting about it and what and yeah. um instagramming about I love it reactions to it because <laughs> <laughs> she's totally in love with johnny rose isn't she so um yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't you be? Have you seen the photos that have come out today of there's an Entertainment Weekly yes. cover of Dan and Eugene? And oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, that man's older than my own father and look at him. You know? he, he looks amazing. He looks immaculate. It's ridiculous. So, so, yeah, so, yeah, so what have you done, Claire, with the Shit's Creek thing? Because um, you've got so many people into it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, there has been there have been entire work conversations between me and Tom Peach that are just Shit's Creek memes <laughs> that we've forgotten our I bosses into. <laughs> so we've done entire commentaries on on sagas of trying to get hold of ebooks and dealing with reps that are just memes from Shit's Creek, and then thought, oh my god, yes, our boss has been copied into all of that, and. Good- <laughs> God knows what she thinks. But anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) if I can just bring that joy into everyone else's life by just carrying on 
<laughs> joy of Shit's Creek, then hey, my time here on Earth has been worth it. <laughs> say. Yes, Mike, what have you been up to? Not Shit's Creek. No, although I did kind of. My, my wife watched Shit's Creek, and I kind of came in and watched most of the last season, and then that the the horrific after like thing they did like the behind the scenes one of the last season which is just like way too much emotion for anybody to take even even having not watched most of it like it was it was it was just all too much but um so everybody that i know who've watched it since we give them the warning like don't watch the final episode and then the behind the scenes thing together like give yourself some time to compose like a few days maybe a week or a month (laughs) before you before you watch the, the the next one so i did i did manage to get kind of caught up in that a little bit um, other than that, um, music has been a, a big, big distraction for me, which has been quite nice, both like watching and, and listening to. I, I've, I've been getting into I got quite into um, a lot of uh, sort of my favorite musicians were doing sort of live streams. Yeah. You know, just playing acoustic guitars from their front rooms and things like that. Um, in particular, Ben Otwell, who's the lead singer of Gomez, um, that he did a, a thing where he was playing every day from his front room with his daughter who i think was about was about nine or ten was just dancing and he would he would play he'd play acoustic versions of gomez songs or covers and and she kind of danced along and that became a thing for me and aria to watch together because Aww. i loved that from the music perspective and she loved just watching this this other girl dance to the point that then we then she then wanted to make some similar videos so we made a couple of little videos of us kind of playing guitar and, and singing and, and dancing um and, and stuff as well which was yeah so that that became like a really lovely little kind of family thing and then with with um with my covers band as well we've we've done a few of these kind of like lockdown things where we all record our bits separately from our homes and then try and stitch it all together uh-huh. so so that that's been quite fun i i've sort of take, took on like the video aspect of that um and and so i did I did film at uni 20 years ago and so brushing off those skills again trying to edit together videos and things has been good fun I think we've, we've done about five now we've just released one today um and uh, and, and they've progressively you can see that the, the technical kind of progression um but from each one as we've got better and better and worked out how how better to kind of record all of our bits and and that kind of stuff. so that's that's been a really nice distraction and then and then we have got fresh air as well we've, we've been out in our garden um we moved into our house it'll be two years in march and when we moved in um our, our the back of our house would be on a slope but they kind of um sort of dug it off so it's three flat tiers and when we moved in the third tier was so overgrown we didn't even know it existed we thought the garden just had two tiers and then so we discovered this this layer up the top which beneath all of the crazy undergrowth um was what once must have been a a beautiful ornate japanese style garden with a with a huge great pond and a bridge over the pond and a waterfall and it was all like the 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 pond was just thick green sludge and the waterfall didn't work anymore and so uh over uh, since basically since march since we went into the first lockdown we've been working on that that top area um and we filled in the pond and uh did a load of digging and flattened it all out and then finally we've we, we got it flat enough and then we got someone in um to lay astroturf on that area and then um that's now become aria's play area so she now has a swing up there and a and a trampoline um and stuff that was part of her birthday present uh so um so yeah that was that was that was good fun that was our our kind of getting out there and and having a bit of a workout we had to we we dug a lot of soil 
<laughs> many places. I, I am not someone who's ever been inclined for, for manual labor. So I, I had aches in places that have, have never ached before. But it was all good fun. Yeah, it has been nice to have the time at home. And, and certainly with my girls being a bit older, we're at a point now where they're quite independent in terms of they don't want to spend all their time with, with mum and dad. But they, they do kind of happily, but also they've got their own lives going on so they've got their phones and their friends and then we've watched obviously Brooklyn Nine-Nine was, was massive in the first lockdown and and How I Met Your Mother they burned through that and obviously Friends um Bake Off Strictly we've been watching trying to get them to go out for walks although they find walks pointless unless there's a Starbucks at the end of it so that's <laughs> a bit tricky um uh, we did actually have a few days away in October. We managed, between lockdowns, we were able to go to Devon and we stayed in the self-catering lodge, which was really nice. And it had a hot tub, which was really lovely. We did lots of walking. We, and, and they got to climb some pointless mossy rocks, which were pointless when they looked at them, but actually when they got to climb them, they were fun. So it's nice to get out of London for uh, five days um, and see different scenery because you kind of see the same scenery all the time and that's kind of kind of tricky. I, I've started doing a boot camp class to try and meet some some people and to because I'm at home all the time and then it went to zoom camp and that was fairly awful but we're back to boot camp this week so I go off and get muddy, muddy on a field which is really good and I enjoy that I'm trying to get out for a run or a walk every day which I've managed um I've got back into doing sudokus again because I used to be really good at them and then I, I kind of got out of the habit when I had the girls and now I'm back to doing really difficult sudokus and the, and the, a, um, the samurai sudokus which are the five sudokus in one so you're trying to fi- solve five things that overlap so i like those as well so they keep my brain brain ticking over in a different way um we got back into football again because there's so much of it on on telly and we've got sky sports so watching lots of football i, I don't have a team so i'm always the, i'm always a neutral which is really a really good way to be able to watch football and lots of podcasts i like having people talking in my ears when i'm working i really like ones about food so off menu with um james a acaster and ed gamble is really good and Table Manners with Jessie Ware and her mum is also really good. I miss eating out in restaurants. Strategies really. And jigsaw puzzles. I, I did loads of jigsaw puzzles in lockdown one and I can't face doing them in lockdown two <laughs> <laughs> at all. And Glenn bought me, like, I've got a couple of new ones as well and I've not done them yet. Um, I just can't quite face it at the moment, but I just got through loads. And they would, uh, like Mike with the music thing, um, there was a thing called United We Stream. They particularly did it in um, Greater Manchester here. It was all over Europe, but in Manchester here. So they would open up a nightclub and they'd have someone DJing like on their own in the nightclub. And you could, you could just stream it. So you could have a party in your, in your living room, which they did in lockdown one. So I really enjoyed those performances and pretended like I was at a rave or something in my pyjamas um, but we were doing the UK quarantine quiz and that was really hard because sometimes that veered from rounds on um, oh name these 10 bridges from the photo uh, or name <laughs> 10 peers you know, so you get a photo of a peer like who knows about different peers around the country <laughs> I, I, I don't I can't tell um, so we stuff like that and then it'll be things like guess the intro which I really love I'm really good at that kind of thing so um, but I was team captain and again I just get really competitive so that's not healthy so I have to watch myself a bit we were doing that every Tuesday and we've now down to every, every month doing once a month doing that so has anyone got any recommendations they'd like to make uh, to our listeners for things they've loved they think the the listeners of librarians with lives would enjoy um, we've do, we've watched last last week or week before um, on Netflix the Queen's Gambit, 
I don't know if anyone else has watched that. No, it's not a, yet. Heard good things about it. A, about halfway through it, it is incredible. Yeah, it's it's really really good. It, and, and just just from like the the production point of view, for for someone who is is in love with kind of fifties and sixties design anyway, it's it's just it's like porn for somebody who likes fifties and sixties kind of clothing <laughs> and architecture, and and. And and then and then it's just so beautifully acted, and Anya Taylor Joy is 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 amazing in the kind of the title role, and she's and and I I, I saw a, a a Twitter thread um recently about how actually it's really lovely to to see um a show that's about a, a strong female sort of central character who's going into the world of men, but actually none of those men try to try to uh, there's, there's no abuse there's there's nothing too sinister other than you know that the, the sinisterism of the of like the the chess kind of rivalry and saying actually yeah that's kind of really refreshing kind of take to see mm-hmm. from from this type of program and 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 it was because it was is literally it's just about her and her character and then chess and who would thought chess would be that compelling <laughs> yeah i just i i love how well acted it is because i just think i i don't know anything about chess really i don't i don't know how to play chess i think i vaguely remember my grandpa trying to teach me when i was little but i don't think i had very much patience for it so i think he gave up on that fairly quickly um so you know the the chess matches that happen i've no idea what's going on but you can tell exactly what's going on just via the sort of the actors like little micro expressions and the way they're reacting to things that are happening on the board. And it's absolutely fascinating to watch. Um, and it is just absolutely gorgeous as well. Just the whole thing so beautifully put together. Yeah, really, really enjoying that. Has anyone been, anyone been watching The Crown season four? I've not started yet. It's there. It's in the list. But I've not started it yet. <laughs> we're, we're two episodes in, and I, I, I really—it's difficult. I really love the first two series, and I found season, series three, and then this one a little bit harder. And I wonder if it's become because we're becoming coming more up to date with it now. Um, whereas uh, the early series felt quite removed from my lifetime, and now we're going to get into Thatcher and princess diana and that kind of thing and that's i i remember some not the, the stuff that's happening now but i will start remembering more of that and i don't know it's become a bit soapy so i'm i wouldn't we are gonna watch it but i'm not sure i'm enjoying it quite as much as i i was i watched um umbrella academy on netflix oh yeah we watched that yeah really good as, just as new ideas and i'm not really into sort of alternative worlds like that but i really got into that one um excellent acting again a really good cast and interesting storylines with social issues in there um yeah i really enjoyed that there was a really interesting um i think it was on youtube video i watched um in relation, i i get really geek i love like the filmmaking kind of process i always watching like the behind the scenes stuff and there was a behind the scenes thing about the final scene where they have the battle at the farm about how it was it, it wasn't originally in the script that it it, that snow was there but it snowed so they oh. spent this, the writers sat up all night and rewrote the entire episode to feature the snow as part of it and and from it like yeah from a filmmaking perspective it was a really interesting video seeing how they had to really quickly kind of adapt and and reshape the whole episode because they'd, they'd had snow come down in the evening oh that makes me want to go back and watch that now yeah i want to see it again now and see how they with that new view on it <laughs> 
So, actually, it's something. I know I joke about watching Shit's Creek repeatedly and stuff like that, but actually re-watching things has been really calming for me because I yeah. pick up new things and I'm not quite concentrating quite so much, but I'm still enjoying it and seeing new things in it. And I've always been the kind of person who can reread books and things like that. And so I've been definitely doing that with um, television series um, and and watching things repeatedly. Um, I think there's there's a... a there was a big thing on Twitter that people were admitting that they do this a lot. And I'm definitely one of those per- people who's been rewatching things, picking up new things. You see, you were talking about Fall Guys, Joe. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. My girls so, are obsessed with Fall Guys. Yeah. So Fall Guys is actually one of the, it's, that's uh, going back to silly daft things. That's, that's one of the video games that I've been playing since it launched in August. And one of the really nice things is for anybody who's not played it, it's just like, um, what do you call it? Like a battle royale type thing, but like slash total wipeout. And that, yeah, you're just kind of last one standing, basically. Um, well, the one thing that's really nice about that is that um, I don't do a lot of online gaming, and the only people that I really play online with are my brother and sister. So that has been our socialising as as well as our fun, really. Um, and I, having not seen them all year, it's been really nice to just play stupid video games and talk to my sister and brother, like we've been doing all our lives, basically. I mean, what would you do without the internet, really? Honestly. Um, but yeah, yeah, imagine this without the internet. Imagine um, lockdown without uh, the internet, Netflix, connections uh, with the outside world, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, exactly. We play a lot of board games, huge board games cupboard because we really love them. And we, we got really into a game called Dog Bingo, which is exactly as it is described. <laughs> and it's um, pictures of dogs. And you have to... Um, <laughs> obviously put your marker on and one of you is a bingo caller and then you have to but we've got quite into it over the summer where we sit out in the garden in the evening and play it and um we got to a point where we weren't naming the dog so obviously the name of the dog is on there you had to describe the dog and um that, and then we did it through kind of like we watched crafts so we were trying to say like oh the one that looks like pablo uh from crafts or <laughs> the one that looks like it's got a really angry face that kind of thing so that's <laughs> And they do there's cat bingo as well and i think and um, different animal bingo and dinosaur bingo and that sort of thing and i think that that works really well good thing about board games is that it's one thing that you can do it's not on a screen and that that's yeah. been my thing really because i obviously i'm working full-time um always at screen and then playing video games watching tv watching films all screen based so like board games on reading which i, I read physical books um have been quite a nice a, a way to get away from all that and baking as well it's just been something that's not screen related yeah definitely because I, I was finding like my eyes were hurting because i've been all day yeah. looking at a screen at work and then oh we'll watch telly in the evening or i got i went through a phase where i got really into um sims free play on my ipad which is a really slimmed down version of sims and that's really addictive um so i was doing that in the evening and then playing candy crush and i was going no this is too much screen. i don't want this much screen so yeah, playing board games is really good. So kind of the classic things I ticket to rise and two two one B Baker Street, Dog Bingo, which I still really love, and then Dobble and Uno and all those kinds of things. So so anything that's a bit a bit distracting. Um, have you got I'll make a recommendation actually. Have you got just one? No. That's that's been like that's the game that I recommend to anybody because I I've Ooh. it's um it's a co op game and I played it with all kinds of different people, board gamers and non board gamers and um, and everyone loves it, so I really recommend it. And it's quite cheap for board games as well, and it's, it's about £13, I think. Um, and the idea is that um, one person pulls a card with a word on it, and they can't see it. And uh, everyone else has to put a clue, write down a clue. 
um, so they can guess the word, and then they all compare clues, and any that are duplicates get knocked out, and then the person has to guess the word from whatever's left. Oh, and that then you keep, good. and then you take it in turns for thirteen rounds, and then um, yeah, you're trying to get thirteen. But it's super simple, but it works really well. I'd highly recommend it. Brilliant. I'm going to get that because I I like to buy Team Wood a new board game every Christmas, so I think that might be it, this one. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. That's, that's such a good recommendation. Has anyone seen the wonder that is Johnny Vegas on Taskmaster? Yes, Taskmaster. No. Yeah. I've <laughs> not seen this. It's so good. And there's an accompanying podcast. So if you watch the um, TV show, um, there's a weekly podcast by Ed Gamble interviewing somebody to do with the show. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, it's always a good fun show to watch with just generally comedians and actors, um, sort of trying to flail their way through ridiculous tasks but there's a particular joy in watching johnny vegas doing it this soon yeah um. <laughs> the, the, the only other thing i'd like to agree is something that i haven't watched yet because it's not been on yet but i know it's going to be brilliant um i don't know if anyone watched the goes wrong show when it was on earlier <gasps> yes! this year yeah. oh my god they're, they're, I'm so they're doing it they're doing an nativity yes so i'm so looking forward to that oh it'll be um, wonderful actually that was one of, that was one of the things that, that we missed out on this year. We we had tickets to go watch Magic Goes Wrong in, oh in the West God. End. It's so um, good. But, I'm so sorry you haven't seen it. It's okay. We're going, we, we, we've rebooked now. Well, they, they moved our tickets. We're going next next November, I think yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, I know it'll be worth the wait, though. Oh, we love the Goes Wrong stuff because we went to see the play that goes wrong. Um, yeah. When the girls were away, they were away with my sister last summer. And we went to see the play that goes wrong. And we were like, we need to bring them to see this. And we saw Magic Goes Wrong at new year then this year uh, and um i laughed so much at something that happens at the beginning that ruth had to tell me to calm down because i made a noise <laughs> that was so undignified at something that happened and you'll, you'll know what it is when it happens and i just it's just wonderful and we love the series and peter yeah. pan goes wrong is fab yeah. Yeah. and we saw yeah. um comedy about a bank robbery which they also wrote so we're a proper go yeah. wrong show yeah. obsessives so yes. i will probably die laughing because um they did some watch-alongs as well, which I think yes. you can find on, on like Twitter and, and YouTube in the summer. They went back through the episodes and they all kind of chatted about it and, and how it was all done, which is which again, for someone like me who loves the behind-the-scenes stuff, was, was, was brilliant. I didn't know about that. That's really good. I knew about the show, but I didn't know about the behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> and they're really good because they're, they're all kind of going out with each other. Yeah. <laughs> basically yeah they all either going or married to each other so um it's like oh so you're with them and you're living in their house so you must be oh you're a couple uh, uh, okay it was it was like watching abba um, yeah they're like the abba of comedy <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> but yeah and and they did um, a podcast as well it was on spotify mm. um they interviewed a different person from the cast every week and then talked about how they got into comedy and that kind of thing which is was really good how they got going with mischief theatre which is really good so so we're all going to do a little christmasy message of hope to you so here's mike okay so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna borrow some words from tom hanks who uh when he was on the the Kermit de mayo film podcast when they were worried about the uh, the situation in america shall we call it um mm-hmm. they asked him about it and and tom hanks said to, to mark como to to keep him happy he said this too shall pass and i think that's also fitting for the situation we face this year what I keep thinking about is that this year, 2020, has been dreadful in many ways, but it's also been oddly good in some surprising ways, I think, for a lot of us. So 
what I'm hoping for in 2021 is that we hang on to the oddly good in surprising ways that have happened this year and we leave all the awful stuff behind us. As long as we have a world where you can go and rewatch Dan Levy lip syncing to Simply the Best, then there's always hope and joy. I just echo what he said before, really. Um, take care. Actually, um, self-care as well. I mean, there's a lot of worry in the world, but, you know, look after yourself. Um, have a nice Christmas and in, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy the food, enjoy the presents and um, have a nice time. I think that's a very good sentiment and I would absolutely echo that and everything everyone said and allow yourself time to enjoy yourselves this Christmas in whatever form that takes and whatever works for you and whatever you want to do to get yourself through it and to make things a little bit nicer for you then do those. It will be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end and we will all get there so i think we will leave it there thank you so much for joining me this evening it's been an absolute joy to talk to you andrew mike claire and laura um have an amazing christmas and a happy and healthy fingers crossed 2021 let's get through this and we will meet up again in real life one day thanks joe thanks joe merry christmas everyone many thanks for listening Please take care of yourselves and those around you. The music in this episode was composed by Tom Peach.